I think it's always on the <laughs> always on the line. Google hasn't come knocking on our door yet, saying, "Hey, we want to buy you." Uh, you know, anybody else hasn't come knocking on our door yet to to want to buy us. But uh, it, it's that mindset where it's a startup mentality, right? Every day we're fighting to keep the lights on, and so it's it's that mentality that drives me to keep pushing, to get it out there, to educate people. Um, just keep promoting sustainability. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I have Anselmo Torres with me today. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Great, man. Thanks for asking. You're down in Texas, right? Dallas, Texas is where I'm located, yes. Nice. So do me a favor before we dive into it. What's the best way for the listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, I would recommend the best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn. So just look my, look me up, Anselmo Torres Third. And that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Awesome. And so let's dive into this thing. I, I've been excited to do this one since I sent it over. You wait a little bit to schedule, trying to figure it all out. We're getting exclusive again, guys. You know how many <laughs> exclusives. So yeah. he's got an extremely interesting background, but I don't want to steal the thunder. Let's take it back. Like, how did you get into the space of becoming a dream catcher? So it was a really cool story, right? We, uh, uh, I met this guy. He was uh, actually, I moved to Dallas, Texas. I was working for an internet marketing company called jobbing.com. It's an employment advertising website. Uh, one of our first hires was a, a lady. And so I was young at the time. And she said, Hey, why don't we, uh, you know, a bunch of my friends are going out. You're young. Why don't you come out with us? And she said her boyfriend was going to come along too. So I was, all right, you know, it'd be fun. I'm in a new city. Want to meet some people. That's when I met Ryan Wayner. And at the time he was operating his business out of like a studio apartment, barely had, I think a hundred units or something like that, his first apartment complex. And so I met him, hit it off right away. About five, five years later, we've been, you know, we'd always meet up, have a good time, relax, keep in contact. Five years later, he's, he reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I have probably about 16,000 units now and I'm trying to find out a way to monitor water consumption. I just had a bill that's typically about 8,000 a month, and now it's 18,000. He says, I'm not gonna do this anymore. So originally he was keeping track of it on an Excel spreadsheet, right? He would just go to the, the meter every morning and have somebody document what that meter reading is. And then uh, built an Excel spreadsheet that would document high consumption, or anything that would catch our attention. So he was telling me about that, and I was like, you know what, let's let's use technology. Let's create a software where nobody's having to manually 
uh, type this into an Excel spreadsheet or call us to give us the meter reading. Because as you can imagine, I mean, we had properties all over DFW and Texas and Oklahoma. So we, we started digging in and, and really creating the software program that helps multifamily property owners monitor their water consumption. I always saw instead of waiting for the surprise 30 to 45 days later when you get that water bill and oh my god where am I going to pay for this or what what's been going on what is there a leak now it's more uh, it's not necessarily real time but it's daily time right so every day it's getting inputted so we have an idea of what kind of consumption is taking place on that property wow okay so I feel like you skipped so many steps so <laughs> point yeah. with co-workers you guys, you meet a guy, I guess, wherever you are, bar or whatever, yeah. start hanging out. You make fast friends, right? Absolutely. All right. And then he reaches out after his property management and personal holdings grow from 1,000 to 16,000 doors and says, I need some help. Why did he call you? Uh, well, the other thing, too, is so he caught me at a good time. I So the company that I had been working for when I was working with his girlfriend, which is now his wife at the the time, we, I stopped working for them. I was kind of at a career crossroads and wanted to kind of take ownership of kind of the direction of my career, right? I wanted to do something that was a little bit more mine. He wasn't even really telling me or pitching me to work with him on the idea. He was telling me about it, right? He was telling me about this problem. And that's when I was like, dude, let's build the software. Why are you doing it that way? And at that point, it was like, okay, well, let's work together on this and let's make it happen. And so that's where I got involved. I was, I mean, I was obsessive about it and finding every way to, uh, you know, what's the easy, we had to create a, a software that was so easy that anybody could use it, that anybody could input the data so that we could get what we need to you know, co- provide alerts to any owners, to provide feedback on consumption. So that, I, I just became obsessive about that. And, uh, and here we are. So it's currently operating on about 180 properties, mostly here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and then throughout South Texas a little bit and then in Oklahoma. Okay, and so, did you have a background in software design or like how? Not, a, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But I did. So I'm, I grew up with my dad is an engineer, a civil engineer by, by trade. And he was always preaching efficiency, turn off the lights, you know, hey, why is the water running? Turn it off when you're doing this. Everything that he did, it was all about creating efficiency. So it's kind of been ingrained in me. So whenever this opportunity kind of presented itself, it it was more of just natural instincts kicked in where, you know what? Hey, I've, I see what we're trying to accomplish here. I see the long-term play in this. I see the value it's going to provide. That was exciting to me. So I was like, let's do this. I didn't have a background in software development or anything like that, but I was willing to learn and get my feet wet and understand things from the ground up. Now, fortunately, we did work with it. We did have some software developers that were located in India that we worked with. So it was my my challenge was, hey, let's 
get the user experience and get the platform to where it needs to be. And then I can communicate any issues or anything that needs to be solved with the team in India. So was this your first thought of, Hey, I need to go out and build my own thing or had you had other stuff in the past and you're like, no, I just need to keep my stable job. No, I've always, it's always been in the back of my head. I've, I mean, ever since I was young, I was always trying to hustle something, right? Uh, whether it was, uh, I've got a funny story about uh, blinking lights. So I'm in like college, maybe 19, 20 years old. And we bought like 5,000 of those blinking magnetic lights that you could put on your shirt or something and it just blinks, right? So we're at, out on New Year's Eve. We're selling these things for like $5 and we started at like seven. Well, by the time nine o'clock came around, I mean, we were almost sold out. People were offering us 20 bucks for these lights that cost us like 50 cents. So we made tons of money <laughs> and it paid for everything on that, you know, New Year's Eve trip. So, and I used to host like parties and charge, you know, people uh, fees to come in or just, you know, money, you know, charge them a, to come in and have a good time and, and things. So it's always been something that I've wanted to do. But then again, I, I got caught up in that maybe corporate world or the safe route, you know, where you get that job. You know, I had a family, I got a house. So it seemed like I had to do things the safe way and the way kind of that I was taught, right? My parents were, hey, get your education, you know, go find a corporate job and, and just do your time. So that that's where I was at. I was at that crossroad, but I, it all, had always been in the back of my mind, like, no, I, I want to go out on my own and do something and take a risk. So it's interesting. You said do your time, like it's prison. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Let's, um, you, you had Ryan, but yeah. with other people that showed up along the way to help bring this dream to fruition? Not really. So it was really, uh, Ryan, uh, me, and then, uh, one on, one other individual that kind of coordinated all of the software side with the team in India. So we worked hand in hand to make sure that I mentioned that I walked almost 30,000 units over 180 properties. So to really understand kind of what we were trying to accomplish and what was out there on these properties, I had to walk these units. I had to see, exactly what was going on so that when I could present the data to an investor or an owner that I knew what was taking place on their property just by looking at the data. So that experience alone was priceless. The things I saw, the things I endured, <laughs> the things that you go through to walk through 30,000 units, it teaches you a lot. It's, it's also humbling too. You see a lot of things that, wow, people really do live like this and I'm pretty fortunate. So it, it teaches you a lot. You see things firsthand so that whenever you are creating a software, you can kind of see what it's trying to accomplish when you're out there boots on the ground. Yeah. A lot of people want to do it from behind the desk. They're not ready to go out in the field, get their hands dirty, but that experience informs all kinds of decisions. So kudos to you for willing to be out there in the trenches and actually touch and feel what's happening. Well, and the, and the other thing too about, about our software is we rely on 
other individuals to input the meter reading so that we can get the data. Well, part of that experience was uh, I had to work with, you know, 180 plus different maintenance guys or girls to understand what their challenges were. What, what's the challenge in inputting this meter reading? What are you, what's hard about it? What, what's easy about it? Uh, what would discourage you from just making it part of your habit? So that, that was another huge, huge experience. So everything went as planned, right? There wasn't a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, we did that almost three, four, five years ago. Right. So it's been, you know, five plus years in the making. The, the beauty of it is that with Ryan Wayner and his property management company, we've had kind of our, our test cases, you know, where we could use it on these properties, test it out, make sure it works. And, and the challenge has been is there's a lot of property management companies that, you know, even hospitality companies that preach sustainability, you know, I'm sure when you go to hotels, they tell you, hey, use your hotel, use your towel more than once. You know, we're trying to save water. You know, if, if you really absolutely need it washed, then go ahead and put it on the ground or something. You know, that type of wording. Uh, so I, we see all these things about sustainability and the messages there, but some of them don't want to take the action that's necessary for like water conservation or sustainability around water conservation. I think that there's a huge, you have to monitor it. No. And if you don't monitor it, you can't manage it. It's such a huge expense. So that's been a challenge is getting them to understand, hey, there's value in monitoring your water consumption instead of just waiting for the bill to come every 30, 45 days. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> a leak's been happening for 30 days yeah and the thing about water is you know not only is it it can get expensive right away right just from the consumption standpoint but it's super super destructive you let a leak go for a while and then you run into issues of black mold you know these leaks that you have to replace drywall all that stuff adds up gets real expensive real quick on any unreported leaks. But that was the uh, that was the other thing that really drove me on multifamily properties and creating the software and helping people understand their water consumption is unreported leaks. You know, I, I mentioned that I walked through like 30,000 units. It, it always surprised me when I communicated with the property in advance saying, hey, I'm gonna be out on your property to do this. They would always tell me, oh, there's no leaks here. You know, we, we stay on top of it. We have no work orders for water leaks. Everything is taken care of. Okay, you know, great. It was usually like those famous last words, right? One or two units in, I'm uncovering a leak. Like, hey, what what's this, you know? And, oh, I don't know, it must have just happened. You know, that same stuff. But what I what I found is there's so many, so many unreported leaks. A lot of people just, whether it's all bills pay property, or even if they if it's rubs, some of them don't have the incentive to to report that leak, which is upsetting to me. So it's interesting. Basically, your dad ingrained in you don't be wasteful, 
And now you're spreading that across the world and helping save one of the most precious resources out there. Yeah. You know, because we grew up in Arizona, Wilcox, Arizona specifically. And there's not a lot of water in Arizona. It's a, it's a precious commodity. So, you know, we, we always took care of it. And then, of course, he had that uh, efficiency mindset being an, in, an engineer. And so everything that we did, there was always how can we be more efficient in this? So, you know, even with my two kids now, I find myself doing the same thing that, I, that my dad was doing to me. Hey, turn off the water. You know, do you really need, you know, turn off the water. You don't need it on right now. Or you know, do you really need to take a 20 minute shower or 10 minute shower? So it, it's, it's coming full circle now. <laughs> he like the old man. Wow. <laughs> And I, it's funny, I tell my dad about that. I'm like, hey, you know, all those things that you were telling me, I catch myself doing the same thing now. And I, I just think about him and it just makes me laugh. So. so you talked about having to spend a lot of time walking and interacting with the folks that would actually be doing the input. Did you have many challenges that you had to overcome on the journey? Absolutely. Uh, the majority of the, the maintenance guys and girls that we were working with, uh, most of them English wasn't their first language, uh, or even if they spoke English. So most of them spoke Spanish. Uh, the other challenge is that, you know, we do require them to type in a meter reading on their phone. So it was the idea that, you know what, they don't know how to access a website on their phone. Well, I was, disagreed with that because a lot of them use their phone to communicate with the world. So with their family back in Mexico or their family, wherever they are in the country. So it, it wasn't so much that they didn't know how you just had to show them how to input this meter reading once. So it was a lot of, you know, understanding their challenges and anything that they came across. Obviously when we were going back to build the software, we had already developed it around that issue. We, we had a solution for that issue. So it was really cool. We started creating logins and passwords that were available in Spanish or you know whatever language that they chose. So they could choose whatever language. Also, we created videos teaching them how to do it you know, on their phones or how to set it up on their phone because there is turnover in the maintenance field. All, instead of me going out there or me jumping on a phone call to educate them and teach them how to do it, it was, hey, just watch this video. And all they had to do was watch that video and, and it was pretty easy to get them set up and running. So that was, that was a big challenge was you know, not only the language barriers, but also were they competent enough to put in the data that we were looking for? The other thing too is we had to work with, you know, we have over 180 properties. You'd be surprised how many properties don't, or how many maintenance guys don't know where their meters are, their water meters are, which is kind of scary. So we would always ask them, hey, when the city goes to read the meter readings, where are those meters? Because a lot of times those were different than the ones that they would show us when we'd show up on the property. So it was, that was a fun experience, you know, and just eye-opening that, wow, you guys definitely 
uh, you know, hopefully there's no serious leaks taking place on this property because I don't know if you know where to turn off the water. But you know, those were just some of the really cool experiences and challenges that we had to deal with. But it was fun. So what was your worst fear in the process? Because, I mean, this is a huge undertaking. Oh, uh, man, the worst fear, you know, I think I, I'm still going through it, is that sustainability and, and how, do we, how do we make it so that people take action and, and look into something like a leak aware or even a SAS? What's going to cause them to take action? And something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, I see everybody talking about, you know, affordable housing. How do we make it more affordable for everybody? I always, just naturally, I go back to water and sewer, right? I'm all for investors and owners that want to make a profit and increase rents or do whatever they got to do. They are running a business, so I get it. So my goal is how do we improve the sustainability of your property through water conservation or just managing or lowering that water expense and that's where kind of leak aware comes into play sas comes into play where if we can lower that expense or even put to put in a product that is more sustainable it's going to help the affordability part for a lot not only the investor and owner but also for the residents that live there so that's what kind of what drives me and the challenge that I'm faced with right now is getting that message out to more and more people to take this seriously or to even consider it was there ever a point when everything was on the line I think it's always on (laughs) always on the line you know Google hasn't come knocking on our door yet saying hey we want to buy you you know, anybody else hasn't come knocking on our door yet to, to want to buy us. But uh, it, it's a mindset where it's a startup mentality, right? Every day we're fighting to keep the lights on. And so it's, it's that mentality that drives me to keep pushing, to get it out there, to educate people, and just keep promoting sustainability. Is, is that the goal? Is that the dream to exit, have a big exit to a data company? That's my dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I would have to talk to the other guys about it, but that would be my dream is, you know, to sell it to a larger company that you know, can take it and run with it. Right. You know, the challenge is, is the marketing aspect, getting it out to more and more people, you know, somebody like a Google or even, you know, some of the larger water conservation companies out there, you know, could do, get it out. To much more people much quicker so I think that is the goal I don't want to be in the leak monitoring or monitoring water monitoring space for a long time I think there's more space there's more ideas that I can contribute in the sustainability aspect of it so that's the goal I, I think technology and cities are getting there right now you'll you see more and more cities across the US that are implementing uh, you know sensors that collect that data and provide real-time data. So it's it's getting not as expensive. It's getting easier to use. So I think there's gonna come a point where it's almost every meter is gonna have it, regardless. 
What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. So, I mean, up until this point, you haven't gotten to the exit yet, but has there been any rewards for all the stuff you've been doing on this journey? Oh, absolutely. So I get messages consistently from owners and investors that say, hey, I got this, um, you know, I got this alert from your system about high water consumption. We notified our team, the team is on it. And they actually found, you know, several leaks or one big leak or they identified what the source of that high consumption was because we were able to get ahead of it there they feel so much more comfortable knowing that when that bill comes in 30 45 days that it's going to be more along the lines of what they budgeted for us for throughout the year instead of oh now it's over budget now i got to find out where i got to move money from to pay for this this expense so i get messages like that all the time that's the ultimate reward the other reward too that i've found is the ownership that some of these maintenance guys are take and girls are taking whenever the they input the meter reading and it tells them that the water consumption is high they could sit back right and relax and just carry on with their day there's a lot that take extreme ownership in it and go identify that source of high consumption before the owner even gets involved or the prop property manager gets involved or anybody else so they've already said hey they, and owners have told me this. Hey, the, the maintenance guy already told, I was going to call him and ask him what's going on with the high water consumption. He already told me everything that's going on and has come up with solutions to get that resolved. That alone to me was worth it. You know, we hear stories like that all the time. So it's great to see, you know, that it works for the owners and investors. It saves them money, but also the, the, extreme ownership that they take on the maintenance side of things to you know get ahead of it and understand the value in inputting that data into LegalWare. So now that you've built this, is there a big difference in your approach to life from when you just had a job to being on the backside of a software company? I don't you know that's crazy. The if one thing that I, I pay much more attention to toilets, showerheads, and aerators everywhere I go. So I'll be in bars and I'll go use the bathroom. And I pay attention to that stuff now. It drives me crazy. I'm like, man, these guys got inefficient stuff going on. There's probably leaks going on. I'm thinking of their water bill and kind of what it's going to be. So I'm doing that at like bars and hotels, especially, you know, it seems like every hotel, I don't know if it's just the way it works, but Every hotel room that I've gone in, it's the toilet's leaking. So it's like, what's going on here? Is this, am I being punked? Is this real? Is this a real life test right here? What's going on? The ultimate goal too is sustainability, efficiency. As I mentioned, I have two young kids. Like I, I, I want to make it where life is sustainable for them. It's affordable for them. You know, they gotta, they gotta have water. I mean. Let's make sure that there's enough water for them as well to do what they need to do. And it's not where it becomes this commodity where people are trading it like gold, you know, when they're finally older. 
So that's kind of what drives me in is, is that sustainability factor, taking care of one of our most precious resources for, the, for them, really. Wow. I really hope they realize how fortunate they are to have somebody thinking of them in that way because water and air are two of the most precious resources and I think a lot of us take it for granted. The cool thing is, so like I, you know, they, I've heard them talk to their friends about what their dad does and it's, <laughs> it's really funny, but ultimately just to hear him say, oh yeah, he's, you know, keeping, you know, helping us save water and provide sustainability just to hear their young minds explain that to another friend it's kind of rewarding and it just kind of shows me that they do pay attention they do see that what i'm doing is contributing you know so it has value to them so that's pretty neat yeah that's a huge deal you better believe they're paying attention (laughs) everything you don't want them to pay attention to oh yeah (laughs) so so what are you most grateful for i feel like i've been blessed not only with great parents but also the opportunity to you know, pursue an education, also to just see the world, travel the world. So, and then going into you know, 30,000 units, it's a humbling experience to see the way you know, some people live. So it, it kind of puts things into perspective consistently for me to be thankful for what I do have and not take anything for granted, especially with what's, everything that's going on right now, right? You know, with coronavirus, inequality, just you can't take anything for granted. Yeah, I think we take a ton for granted and we get a rude awakening when we take things for granted for too long. They tend to disappear. Yeah, the coronavirus has kind of put a, a lot of hold on things, but man, it's been really, it's been really good for me, for the soul, for me specifically, is because it's kind of slowed things down. You have to look at things from a different perspective and, and things that were we were chasing prior to all that. Well, now it's non-existent, but was it really important? So I had to evaluate all these little things that were either taking up my time or I was spending money on. And now it just doesn't have the same value. And, and, and I don't know if it'll have the same value moving forward after all this. So that's been pretty neat to, to experience that. Getting back to center. That's what I call it. Yes. So- you most focus on catching next i do want to get into apartment investing so we'll have to talk about this (laughs) just because you know i've I've talked to so many different owners and investors and to see you know you you don't have to do that nine to five thing a little bit more freedom not only financial freedom but the freedom of time so i think that's probably the next step is to get into some type of real estate investing specifically around multifamily just because I want to be able to provide something for my kids down the stretch and they can they can be a part of it they can experience it and you know who knows if they choose that down the road but you know as I as I get older I think about the freedom of time a little bit more and that has more value to me now than it did probably 10 years ago looking ahead 10 years you know I want to be able to travel the country, travel the world, uh, go do what I want to do, but know that income is there to take care of whatever it needs to take care of. So that's kind of what's been shaping my thoughts here lately is, hey, what can I do now that will allow me that freedom in five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years from now? Wow. 
Wow. Thinking about legacy, man. That's awesome. And so yeah. the two questions. First one, what gift are you giving the world? What gift am I giving the world? <laughs> man, that's a great question. So I would say, man, that's a, that's a solid question. What gift am I giving the world? Um, maybe pay attention to sustainability. Maybe, maybe looking at it differently, right? There is, you know, to a lot of people, it's, there's a financial aspect to it, but there's also, uh, there's a moral aspect to it. There's a sustain, sustainability aspect to it, just taking care of water in the long run. So if anything, maybe I'll just have them pay attention a little bit more to the consumption of water and what it means, what it's for. So yeah, maybe pay attention a little bit more about their water use. And then the final question is, what's the one thing you want people to take away from our conversation today? That, uh, that Jerome is the bomb. <laughs> and that, you know, sustain, so we can all do our part to make the world sustainable. I mean, there's little things that we can all do. So really just, you know, taking, taking a look at sustainability differently you know, take a, a long, uh, shorter shower, maybe not turn on the sprinklers. Ah, there's all kinds of things, you know, but just think about it like that is, hey, you know, what area can I be more sustainable in? Or what, what area can I protect water as a resource? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I want to thank you for going off on this mission to help make the world a better place. Like, Without you working on this, you know, you think about the 30,000 units that you've walked through and you guys yeah. have the software system too, you know, there could be leaks everywhere and that water could just be poured down the drain. And you think about places outside of the U.S. where people don't have running water or they don't have clean water. Absolutely. That we can be so wasteful about it is just in some ways despicable. So there, There's even uh, places within our own country uh, specifically, like the, I grew up in Arizona, so there's a lot of Indian tribes up there, a lot of reservations. So there's there's reservations where like 30 to 40 percent of their population doesn't have running water. So that's mind-boggling to me that in the U.S. we have a reservation and people that don't have access to running water. So yeah, can't take water for granted. No, I, I don't think we can. And I think you beating the drum and saying, hey, don't waste this stuff. It's precious is something that's probably undervalued. And so I just want to take the time to appreciate you for what you've done so far. Yeah, thank you. It's exciting, man. It, it, it drives me every day. I, I see little steps, but I see progress and it's, it, it drives me. I love it. Man, I appreciate you for being a dream catcher. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you, Jerome. Have a good one. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real. <laughs>